Hello everybody and welcome to the Unformed Handball Hour. This is Brian Campion talking to you. And today on The Morning Club, I'm joined by Chris O'Reilly, who is fresh, fresh off the spin. And Chris, we're going to focus today. The clock is already it running, is. by the way. 15 we, minutes. Chris is on the ball today. 15 minutes with the cram it all in uh, here. We're going to talk about the uh, three um, quarterfinals of the men's Champions League. You, you heard three because we're not going to talk about Barca because that's just so boring. You're really, just, they're, they're, you're really going hard after Gheorghe and Barca there. <laughs> well, like they're losing their coach now as well. So it's just like... Yeah. psychologically they're checked out I think a little bit they're down by seven if they come back and beat Barca in Barcelona I'll do the next podcast naked how about that the next live podcast naked I mean not uh, I mean, that was, there's that nothing was to... nothing Alex and I have not seen before I mean maybe if we get <laughs> maybe if we get some big player on for that one that'd be interesting otherwise it's just another day at the office for the rest of us uh, <laughs> <laughs> So let's start maybe with uh, Magdeburg versus Płock. Ended in a draw, twenty-two all. I think honestly, now looking at that return leg, I think Płock would probably never play a weaker Magdeburg in their history. I mean, saying it's weak is maybe not really fair because I think the strength of or the depth of the CSS C C uh, M. Oh, here we go. Magdeburg squad uh, is seen, but but the fact that they came back and with that tight schedule, beat Ryan Eckerlöwen during the week. Um, so I think that's a, that really shows him that the the old guard can still do it, who's in their likes of damn guard are, are really going to have to step up now. But saying that, Pots could be looking at that thinking, you know, these guys are, these guys are tired after a long Bundesliga season and they're missing now a huge amount of players. So this is our time to shine, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that was a huge effort from Magdeburg to win that game against Ryan Eckerlöwen as well. Down by three at half time winning by two in the end and as you said like just kind of old school you know with uh, Christian O'Sullivan in there scoring four goals um, Krapkowski is playing in defence uh, Damgard is you know banging them in but can they keep that going now for like three games in a week uh, they managed pretty well uh, for the most part against Protsk or they managed to not completely throw it away because uh, they would have been probably really nervous once they saw Gisley Christiansen going off. And then Philip Weber also out now, and Oscar Bergendahl out as well. Um, I guess the only positive for them was the goalkeeper performance of Mike Jensen, who came in and had a stormer for the first time in a long time. So yeah, well, Protska have never been in a better situation than this. Like The stars are aligning for Xavi Sabate, and his boys, uh, they've shown already in the knockout rounds that they can play a game like this against uh, uh, a, te- a team that should be stronger than them away from home. And uh, they did that against Nantes, sending that with the penalties. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something very similar again. I mean, I still make Magdeburg very, 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 very narrow favourites. But I wouldn't put money on it. I wouldn't anyway, but... I wouldn't put money on it. And 
I'm really looking forward to this one. Both you and I are going to be there on Wednesday night. And I think it's going to be a nervy, nervy affair because for both of these teams as well, looking to uh, make history, whoever wins this is going to the Final Four for the very first time. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know who I would trust in this situation to pull it off. It may be a case of who can not mess it up more rather than who's going to grab it by the, the scruff of the neck and win it. Yeah, I have a sneaky feeling just with the experience that Watts have of going to France and knocking Nantes out. There's just something something up with this squad of players. So I, I, I'm kind of slightly leaning towards Watts doing it and causing a, another upset. And then Javi Sabata having to come back on here with us once again <laughs> uh, to do another yeah, podcast. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a cracker, I think. And I'm really looking forward to getting there on site and watching the game. Um, I'll be worried about the line pair position for yeah. Magdeburg a little bit with Bergendahl and then obviously Saustrup being injured earlier in the season. That's tough. I think it's Lucas Meister is the only, the Swiss inter- international is the only yeah. line pair left on the on the roster. Might have to put uh, Marco Bezjak in there, which I suggested earlier yeah, in true. the season. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just play without a line player. Yeah, Who knows? Know. We'll find out on Wednesday. Uh, PSG Kiel. Um, PSG winning by four in the end. I think the consensus online was it didn't really feel like a four goal win. Maybe 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 a two goal win was a bit fairer. What was your takeaway then from, yeah, from this? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 what probably would have happened, right? If uh, Sargasson didn't slip in those final few seconds, the ball going over his head and then PSG getting an easy goal. That really hurt, I'd say, because yeah, there wasn't more than two or three goals between them, really. And uh, I think both teams would have taken a two-goal deficit, but PSG definitely taking that four-goal lead. And uh, yeah, I mean, for them... It's uh, yeah, hard to hard to see what the the psychological aspect of it will be for PSG now because they're in a position I think nobody would have expected. Ferran Sole said in an interview on Euro Handball today that uh, like we just didn't expect this at all and surprised at the situation they're in, but they'll definitely take it. I think that'll put a little bit of pressure on them as well. Um, maybe Kiel can approach it in a bit of a uh, not a happy-go-lucky way but approach it with nothing to lose and uh, they'll then need something incredible to happen which they have the players to do I mean you could fully imagine Nicholas Landin producing 20 saves or something stupid like that Mm. and uh, PSG falling apart but it's uh, yeah another team not to the extent of Magdeburg but another team Kiel that are struggling with the injuries at the moment and uh you feel that Eric Johansson, his injury was the real killer there because although Sanders Augustin played brilliantly, nine goals for him in that last game, uh, having Johansson in there as just the guy who scores easy goals over and over again, uh, that's a big loss for them. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the rest of the backcourt as well, like Sagazan had nine for 15, Dovniak 0 from 1, Sarabets 2 goals, Billick 0 from 1, and Carl Vilnius, oh, I can never say this guy's name, Carl the Swede. Uh, one from two. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the rest of the backcourt there just really not showing up. And if they're going to try and make a game of this, then in Paris, they're, they're probably really going to need to sort that out. Um, yeah. But saying that, I mean, of all the away stadiums in the quarterfinals, that's, you'd probably want to go to PSG, wouldn't you? I mean, there's a good atmosphere there, but it's not exactly a fortress, is it? No, exactly. Yeah, it's not like... I mean, they've had a great record at home, but... Um, yeah, you're not going to go there being scared of the, eh. of the atmosphere. 
I mean, I'm sure PSG's ultras from the football club will come, but yeah, they're pretty far away up in the top there. They're not yeah. going to scare yeah, the it's, it's, players. It's a, bit, it's a bit like rented crowd as well, isn't it? They just chant yeah. no matter what. And it's like, they, they could, yeah. there could be eight, PSG could be 10 goals down and they're just playing their drums and chanting. Like, you know, it's a bit, yeah. it's a bit uh, divorced from reality sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Vesprim versus Kielsa. So I was there for this one in, in Vesprim. And as yeah, always... what do you think? Ah, it was an absolute mess, really, the whole thing. I, th- I felt uh, very... A very messy game and it was something that um, Lauga was talking about afterwards that he says that teams always seem to set up that way to to disrupt Vesprim's attack and it therefore ends up always being kind of a messy game this season when they play in the Champions League which I thought was quite interesting both keepers I thought were incredible I thought both Wolf and Corrales had had uh, some really really good saves in so, both in some one-on-one gets situations and uh, Corrales with that fist uh, ball attempt by uh Dylan Nahi, which I thought was was pretty incredible. Okay. Lauga, I thought was a bit hit and miss. He was three from eight, but he then he did knock in the winner right at the end. And how many times have you seen Lauga tying games like that or winning games over the years? Uh, I think probably Mr. Clutch probably was yeah, yeah, Eldera. I mean, he did get player yeah. of the match as well. And I mean he really showed up when he needed to. And I just really like his his way of playing. I mean, he just puts his body on the line, very much like Nikola Karabatic used to, or still I mean, used to still does, but back in the day. Uh, quite a similar build to him as well. Yeah, the way he goes yeah. in against the t- in against one on ones is quite reminiscent of I think Nikolova of yesteryear. Um, I think probably Vesprim may be a bit disappointed, but their their goals in the line. I think there was really not a lot going on there. That maybe kind of sums up how messy it was in attack. Sometimes Nielsen with nothing, and Pesh Malbec only with one. And I think they'll probably want to look to improve on that because I think you think of Vesprim, you always think about good solid line playing as well. Um. But yeah, uh, it did feel like Kielsa were the better team over the 60 minutes, but kind of the atmosphere and the push from the hall just kind of brought Vesprem, created a bit of chaos and brought Vesprem back into it again. I think Kielsa should do it in Poland, but then again, stranger things have happened. And having Remeli in your side, going to Poland, the in- oh, inter- in- interesting storyline there as well. Yeah. Returning yeah, to Poland yeah. for the first time. So I think that could be, <laughs> it'd be extra, a bit of extra motivation for him there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how that one goes. I, I, I like Remeli with Vestrum. I think he seems to be fitting in a little bit better than he did at Kielce. And he maybe adds a bit more calmness to, to the right back position. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to what he does once he goes back to his old stomping ground. Yeah, we're really like Yahia Eldera as well. I mean, his second half of the season has been really impressive. I think earlier on this season, we talked about him not really fitting in just yet, but he that's behind him at this point uh, with the club. Yeah, I feel like the home and away doesn't really seem to matter to these two teams uh, in a stage like this. And I mean, that's probably a good thing. I mean, uh, for the whole contest, like Kielce, I think will be pretty satisfied taking away something they probably felt they could have won but you know a draw away from home not a disaster uh but by the same token Vesprem will now go to the second leg thinking you know zero zero we go again there's no big deal and I, I feel like that was kind of for like 40 45 minutes of that game it was a little bit like both teams were still just feeling each other out yes. it was like okay let's nobody completely fuck this up so that we have no chance in the second leg uh, you know, it was both teams kind of just like 
you know, there's a long, long way to go, lads. Another 60 <laughs> minutes next week. Let's just take it, you know, let's take it easy. Not take it easy, but let's, let's uh, not do anything crazy here. Uh, that's a, I got a feeling of that. And then Vesprem took, a, I think, a two or three goal lead out of nowhere. And that then ramped things up because Kelsa then realized, OK, we actually we need to come away with something here. Otherwise, this get get really dirty uh, for us. So, yeah, I feel like this uh, second leg is going to be a lot more intense and uh, hopefully pretty explosive. Um, I think of those two draws there that we had in the first leg, Vesprem and Kelsa and Magdeburg and Płock, which do you think is the more likely to go right down to the final second and maybe penalties? Um, I think... Oh God, I think they both could. <laughs> but I yeah. think I'd probably actually go with Płock in, in Magdeburg just oh, for the, the character of that team. I just feel there's something maybe coming there a little bit and they really have nothing to lose. So like they can really just go all go all guns out. Of course, history's on the line for both clubs, as you said. I mean, Magdeburg won the Champions League, but they've never been in a Final Four. Um, I just I just feel like with everything going on, I, fi- I, I just fancy Pots just to, to really push it right to the end. But look, Vesprim are a really, really good team as well. And they're not going to be anyway intimidated by going to uh, to Kielsa. They've played Kielsa many times over the years. And it's always been a bit of a handball classic. So it's not going to be anything new to them. So two absolutely really, like, really cracking games. To answer your own question, what would you say? I, I think Magdeburg Pots is, is going to go... Ru- uh, the more likely to go to penalties. I think Kjelsa Vesprem, somebody's going somebody's gonna to win it in normal time. Eh. Um, and uh, sweaty couple of days coming up for the general Polish handball fan. You could have zero teams, you could have two teams in the final four by the end of this week, which is pretty nuts. Uh, really no way to tell which one it's going to be. I mean, depending on how you're looking at it, glass half full, glass half empty, both teams could be favourites going into it. Uh, but they are facing Magdeburg and Vesprem. So, yeah, yeah, uh, we have just over a minute left on the the stopwatch. Anything you want to squeeze in there before so, we go? Do you think there's anything that the old the old Gog machine can do against Barca, or is it really like curtains? Now, I, I've heard that uh, Simon Pitlick is going to be rested for this game. Uh, they're saving him for the semi final of the Danish league. Uh, so, so. That, 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 that's that, you know. <laughs> Uh, for that one, yeah, I think uh, GOG like needed to score every single shot they possibly had on goal to have a chance. Really entertaining game, but Barca just like another level. Lucas Indrich, fantastic. Emil Nielsen, fantastic. Um, yeah, Barca, uh, unstoppable. I think it'll be a closer game in the second leg, but by no way, in no means is there a comeback in the books. Your player of the quarterfinals so far? Lucas Indrich. Lucas Indrich. Nine goals from nine. Yeah. All from open play. There you go. All right. Thank you for watching. This one was free for everyone. Yes. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This one is free for everyone. I uh, give you a little taste of what we have here in the Morning Club. So if you enjoyed it, make sure you sign up on Patreon. And uh, we'll catch you next time.